Hi, welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Gunjani Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalize mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me, where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you, and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithm so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to another brand new episode of Traumatic Transformations. I would like to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for plugging in every week and listening to this podcast and making it such an amazing success for me, my personally. Um, it was a dream to start this endeavor and now I continue to bring to you people from all walks of life and every week come to you and talk to you about all the different topics that interest you. And I'm so excited to see that with each episode, we are increasing the number of listeners. So I really am truly, truly thankful to, to you for listening and coming in every week and tuning in. And I really hope that you are being hopeful and are inspired to find more peace and purpose in your life through anything that you might be going through. So really appreciate your love and support through this. And if you're a new listener, I really welcome you here and join, welcome to our tribe. And we really hope that you can be inspired, educated, and be as excited about the rest of the people that continue to tune in to our podcast. So thank you so much for being here and let's get started. Today, I am going to talk to you about a topic that I started researching this past fall when I first started, you know, um, researching things for this podcast. And when I was doing this research, I was also training for one of those, I was also doing one of the certification courses to become a certified clinical trauma professional. And I was taking this course with Dr. Jennifer Sweeten, and she first mentioned this topic that came up then. And I want to have a little, I want to state a little, little disclaimer before I start today, because before I truly dive into this episode, I really want to, you know, that I'm very big on reducing the stigma that is associated with mental health. And I don't want to discourage people from seeking professional help or invalidate people's healing journey 
and the trauma that they might have endured. So I just want to acknowledge that healing is not a linear process. It looks different for everybody. And just like our struggles and adversities are not the same, our outcome of healing isn't either because it's a lifelong process that we go through. There is ebb and flow. There are times that we feel great about some things that are going on in our life. And then there are times that they aren't, and that's okay. Um, for some people, they may never experience the concept that we're going to discuss in this podcast, which is post-traumatic growth and resilience. And um, that's okay. In order for you to become the best version of yourself, you have to have an idea of what you want for your life, what you value, how you define healing, and what that looks like for you. And what I've found is that healing happens throughout our life. There will be times things will be going great and bam, something comes up and you're triggered and you thought you had worked through most of it and it gives you something to look into. And then you work through another set of kind of worms that didn't come up before or you didn't have the bandwidth to process the last time you were working through things, something which is what leads to growth and wisdom. So I just want to encourage you to be patient with yourself and not um, compare what your trauma is to other people and what your healing is to other people. Because, you know, this process is a very sensitive one and it makes us strong as a result of exploring some of these things and it brings us more joy and bliss and content um, feeling. But it's important that we recognize that this is our life is our journey. It's not about the destination. It's about what we learn and how we come through this trauma, wiser, stronger, and more resilient is more important or whatever your healing looks like to you. Um, that is my idea of healing. And I have found this kind of post-traumatic growth in my own life after having done so much work and after having, you know, and continuing to do work and putting in energy to become the best version of myself. So that looks, that that's what my healing looks to me, but it does not mean that that's what it should look for you. And it doesn't mean my version is better or more right than yours. Your life is yours and you have to evolve um, into your best self, whatever they might look like. So it's important that we don't compare each other and we don't compare, you know, our struggles or growth um, with each other, but just, you know, being empathetic and being more compassionate with each other, I think is what we should try thrive for um, as a nation. So just like it isn't wise to compare our struggles and trauma, it isn't wise to compare what we are at, where we're at in our healing journeys. I often find myself telling my patients that unpacking trauma is like peeling an onion. We have to heal the root of our issues. Otherwise, in some ways and some forms, the residual effects of what the unwanted or dysfunctional patterns have a way of repeating itself. And it doesn't all heal in one sitting. It's important to know and remember that. It presents itself through our interpersonal relationships with others, 
through career challenges, through dysfunctional patterns and behaviors and beliefs that we may have, the different phases of life that we're in and what our values and beliefs are through those phases. So um, in today's episode, I wanted to educate you and give you an in-depth view of what post-traumatic growth looks like and how it is different than resilience and how they, they are not synonymous with each other. So post-traumatic growth is sometimes considered synonymous with resilience because becoming more resilient as a result of struggle with trauma can be an example of post-traumatic growth, but post-traumatic growth, and I'll use the term PTG just so that I'm not repeating the long sentence over and over or the long word, you know, word over and over. Um, so just um, be aware that when I say PTG, it's post-traumatic growth. But PTG is different from resilient, says Dr. Kanaku Tchaku. Uh, he's an associate professor of psychology at Oakland University who has both researched PTG and experienced it as a survivor of 1995 Kobe earthquake in Japan. So I'll start with resilience first. Resilience is our ability to bounce back from hardships and adversity in the moment, whereas post-traumatic growth is a process of experiencing positive change beyond the individual's pre-trauma baseline, despite the traumatic event and through an extensive and long-term cognitive processes, which is what Dr. Tedeschi, Richard Tedeschi, um, he describes that in 2018 in one of his studies. And then um, studies have also found there to be an inverse relationship between resilience and growth. So it is theor- what that means is, and, and that's, that's from one of the studies that Dr. Peter Levine, Lofer, Stein, um, Harmama, Raz, and Solomon in their 2009 study, they state that. And it is theorized that resilient people are more equipped to handle trauma, thus their core beliefs are not shattered, rendering it unnecessary to experience post-traumatic growth. So a lot of times, you know, in life, we are equipped to deal with a lot of things. You know, a lot of times it, things might not seem as traumatic to us or we might not need uh, professional intervention or things might not get too complex in terms of, um, you know, symptoms that we, in terms of post-traumatic stress disorder kind of impairment that a lot of people experience after having gone through traumatic situations. Now, again, for the sake of this podcast, and, you know, as I have, as I consider myself trauma specialist and having worked in this field, I really think that trauma lies in the eye of the beholder. So while certain traumatic situations are big and big T's, such as combat, accident, losing a loved one, um, sexual uh, trauma, and you know other things are clinically in DSM, which is the diagnostic manual that we use to diagnose, um, that gives us a way to treat people and clinically make sense of the symptoms that one is going through. And something is not considered impaired unless it starts or you know too intense. Um, if your impairment doesn't 
if, if it doesn't impair you from your work or in your social relationships with people or schooling or just your overall psychological well-being where you just don't where you can focus and can function so if it gets that intense then it considered clinical or clinically diagnosed um, gnostic but if it's not then you know a lot of times we tend to go through life situations that seem to be hard and that we struggle with but we normally can bounce back or you know deal with it so to speak quote unquote and we have that resilience in us but then there are certain situations like i mentioned before the big t's um that we just can there are certain things we just can't make sense of and then it starts impairing with our daily living so it is theorized that resilient people are more equipped to um, handle trauma thus their core beliefs are not shattered showing little distress or growth after a traumatic event may be a sign of healthy resilience dr peter levine he's a very um you know uh, amazing psychologist and um, in the forefront of a lot of somatic uh, work and treatments when it comes to traumatic healing and he states that in his 2009 study and those who need residential treatment because they are unable to support their own emotional and behavioral needs after a traumatic event may not have high levels of organic resilience and therefore may be good candidates for experiencing post traumatic growth and developing resilience later as a result of their adversity so it's really important to note that some people don't tend to have that organic resilience and thus you know they tend to develop that later on in life but others tend to have resilience and get through certain things so it really like i was mentioning earlier that each of our healing journeys look different and we are wired different we grow up in different environments so um you know we experience different differences in our healing and our in our trauma so whereas resiliency is a personal attribute to, and our ability to bounce back so you know a lot of times i'll tell my patients that it's not about how many times we fall in life but it's about how fast we can get back up after each time and what are the lessons that we're learning from our adversity as opposed to asking ourselves and pitting ourselves and asking why me why does this keep happening and in our in the beginning when something shakes our core belief or our core values it's really hard to make sense of that and it's a process it's not just you know um when you have never been through something that deep and dark it's hard to make sense of something um when you're going through something so it's really important to sort of have that knowledge so uh ptg on the other hand refers to what can happen when someone who has difficulty a traumatic event that changes his or her core beliefs endures psychological struggle even a mental illness such as PTSD or post traumatic stress or disorder that I just mentioned before and then ultimately finds a sense of personal growth it's a process that takes a lot of time energy and struggles and it's not a linear one just like sometimes you feel that you caught a break you're doing amazing you're you know well and you possibly have healed and then bam something happens and there is you you've you just when you think you made a break you take 10 steps back and that's okay but knowing that that can happen is also a part of that process so ptg is a positive change experienced as a result of struggle with 
a major life crisis or a traumatic event. It is a theory that explains a radical transformation following trauma. The idea that human beings can be changed by their encounters with life challenges, sometimes it's radically positive ways is not new. The theme is present in ancient spiritual and religious traditions, literature and philosophy even. What is reasonably new is a systemic study of this foundation phenomena by psychologists, mental health practitioners, social workers, counselors. So this concept was developed by two psychologists, Dr. Richard Tudisky and Dr. Lawrence Calhoun in 1990s. And it holds that people who endure psychological struggles following adversity can often see positive growth afterwards. So there is light at the end of the tunnel and hope for some people and um, hope for everybody, but you know, that level of positivity for some people. The core component of post-traumatic growth model is the premise that the process that eventually leads to post-traumatic growth starts with events which question or disrupt important aspects of assumptions about the world and therefore also disrupt core beliefs, says Lindley and Joseph in their research in 2004. It has been shown that those who experience higher disruption of core beliefs also experience higher post-traumatic growth, Khan et al. 2010, and Lindstrom in 2013 study that they did. Um, Dr. Lindstrom, I should say, and Dr. Khan. The idea is that people have found positive change, a new appreciation for life, a newfound sense of personal strength, and a new focus on helping others. A lot of what this podcast is about, inspiring people to find hope through the adversities, growing, getting unstuck, finding peace, healing, and or inspiring others to do the same coming through trauma wiser, stronger, and more resilient. I would love to recommend you a book written by Dr. Tudisky and Dr. Moore um, called The Post-Traumatic Growth Workbook. It's an amazing book, very quick read, um, and it's a step-by-step guide to help you listen to the lessons of your trauma, establish new priorities, write the next chapters of your life, find meaning in your trauma, and use the lessons you have learned to help others. So if you're already in therapy or if you're looking to self-heal, I really find that this book was so well-written that it explains everything about trauma, how you can get through it, what you can learn from it, what are some of the things that you can gain from it in terms of refinding your core beliefs and you know what you can do to figure out what the next steps are to your trauma. So if you're in therapy, it might be a good book to have as an additional resource um, to he- help you heal. And if you're not in therapy, then it's a good self-healing um, book uh, for people who are looking to do this work on their own. So what forms does post-traumatic um, growth take. So post-traumatic growth tends to have, it, it occurs in five general areas of our life. So as focused on the post, so there's a post-traumatic growth inventory that was designed by Dr. Tudisky and Dr. Calhoun. And in that, that they mention 
that there are five general areas that people grow in in uh, as they're going through their post-traumatic growth or when they eventually get there in their life. We all eventually get there. It's not that it just all of a sudden happens. It takes a lot of time, energy, and work that you have to put into. It'll be a lot of back and forth. It'll take a few years, but eventually you'll get there and be patient with yourself. Every person's journey looks different. So just remember that, not comparing yourself and knowing that it's not always going to stay this way. I promise you, it doesn't. On the times that I knew that I almost gave up, on the nights that I felt that this was never going to end, on the months that I felt that, you know, it just is not going to be over and there's no point and complete hopelessness, it took a lot of all of that for me to be who I am today and paying it forward and continuing to work every day towards figuring out where I'm headed in my life and what I want with my life. So um, you can do the same thing and you can get there too. And I promise you, you will, if you continue on this path and, you know, find yourself right mentors, continue to do all these new learning and new believing and new practicing, new self-disciplines and new habits that you can form along the way, change of your core beliefs, um, very crucial. So uh, one of the, 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 the five general areas that most of the time post-traumatic growth people, that people who experience that experience are sometimes, the first one is sometimes people who um, must face major life crises develop a sense that new opportunities have emerged from their struggle opening up new possibilities that were not present before. So they developed new interests, new paths, outlook that they were able to do better things with their life as a result of their struggle, adversity, or traumatic events. So new possibility and new opportunities are one thing that happens. The other thing is the change in their relationships with others. Some people experience closer relationships with some specific people, and they also experience an increased sense of connection to others who suffer a sense of deeper connection and empathy and altruism towards others, more compassion for others. They put more effort in their relationships. The third area that tend to possibly change is an increased sense of own strength. So most of the time, the common narrative happens to be, if I live through that, I can face anything. They have a greater sense of self-reliance. They have discovered that they're stronger than they thought they were um, as a result of their healing. The fourth aspect of post-traumatic growth is experienced by some people in greater appreciation for life, change priorities about what is important in life, having a greater appreciation for the value of one's life, a sense of living life to the fullest and how valuable each day is. The fifth area involves the spiritual or religious domain and some individuals experience a deepening of their spiritual lives. However, this deepening can also involve a significant change in one's belief system, better understanding of their spiritual being and possibly stronger religious faith for some. So 
it is important to note that where you stand in this process for you, you may now be, and I'm reading this out of, you know, the post-traumatic growth book that I just recommended earlier, but I read this paragraph and I really was very touched by it. So I just wanted to end this um, episode with it. And I, what it says is very amazing. It says, you may now be in one of the phases, many phases of this process of PTG. You may be in an immediate aftermath of trauma, in the state of disbelief, wondering what happened to your life. You may be trying to apply your old system of core beliefs to a situation that has radically changed you. And you may now find the system to be inadequate. Sometimes the values that work for us when we were 16, they stop working for us when we're in our 20s or in our 30s. And sometimes trying to apply those values and hoping, you know, it's like putting a square peg to a round hole and hoping that it would just work sometimes doesn't. And then we eventually get to a place where we need revisiting of how, you know, to change those values. And change is very difficult. So in the beginning, it takes a lot of, there's a lot of conflict and it's, it, it presents itself in a lot of confusion. But knowing that you're thinking about what your system uh, of core beliefs need to be and how to arrive at that system that works for you. You may have experienced trauma some time ago and are already in the process of recovering. Or you have already done substantial work in developing a new way to understand your world, your future, and yourself, and have a greater sense of confidence that you will be able to cope with future traumas. So in order to help you with having to re-examine your um, core self-beliefs, I have designed a free worksheet for you to have. I'm going to put that in the bottom of my uh, on bottom for, on the show notes for you to have. So I really would encourage you to look into some of that where, you know, a lot of times we hold ourselves back through our core self-limiting beliefs that are formed early on in childhood. And as we grow and as we, you know, go through some of these trauma and as we are looking to recover, we have to re-change our beliefs and adapt them. So I've designed the sheet for examples for you to adapt your thinking and how you can, you know, rewire your subconscious brain so you don't have to continue to live in this turmoil, this confusion, um, or this state of conflict most of your life. So I really wish and wish and I, my hope is that you look into that and work through that. And um, I send you lots and lots and lots of love and healing and strength and amazingness through this process because I know it's not easy. I've been there and I really appreciate you trusting me um, on your journey and having me on your journey. So thank you so much for tuning in every week and plugging in. And I really appreciate you being here. If you haven't rated and reviewed us, please feel free to do that. It would really help with the longevity of the show. And thank you so much for being here. Catch you next time.